Hey guys, this is Anna. So I have a lot that I do want to talk about today. So um, we got a few news articles that we're going to get out of the way, then take a quick break, and then we'll come back and kind of get to the things I really want to talk about. But yeah, let's first talk about these few news articles. Um, guys, you know, there are stuff that's going on in the LGBT community that I feel like should be talked about. So... First off, we're going to start up with an update from one of my, from um, Monday's podcast. Um, so I started off Monday's podcast talking about how the EU had declared um, itself a LGBT plus freedom zone um, as a response to Poland creating LGBT free zones, you know, because, you know, LGBT, because LGBT people don't have many rights in Poland, and the ones that they do have, Poland is trying to erase. Um, Poland is just, let's be honest, kind of a hellhole for LGBT people. Um, it, it, it's horrendous what's going on there. And we actually have an update on that. So, let's see. Um, all 27 representatives from Poland's homophobic ruling party, PIS, um, voted against EU's proclamation on the 12th of March, which was passed to 492 votes to 141. The move came two years after the first Polish authority signed a pledge against LGBT plus ideology, um, you know, ideology being in quotes, because I, being LGBT is not an ideology, it's, you know, simply how we were born. Um <clears throat> Sparking a wave that now covers around a third of the country. Responding to the EU, PIS um, MEP, I am going to butcher this so bad, Jakik Serus-Wolski um, fervently denied the existence of Poland's LGBT free zones and claimed they were based on lies from left-wing activists, despite ample evidence to the contrary. So yeah, this is the route we're going to go down, you know, we're going to claim, oh no, we aren't doing that, you know, just like how China pretends, you know, that we're not enslaving Uyghurs and using them in concentration camps and all that stuff, you know. It's like, no, no, you aren't. There's so much evidence that you are. But, but this is the route we're going to go down. Um, and even if it was fake news, which it's not, you know, um, no one could be blamed for believing it because this is the kind of crap that everyone who knows anything about Polish politics could easily see happening. Like, this is so right up to Poland's playbook that no one could be, um, could be a, could be, you know, should be ashamed for having believed such a thing, even if it was, if it were to be fake news, which it's not. Anyway, so, um... Wolski said this on Polish radio. Um, this narrative, Fred, is being continued no matter what. Um, no one is bothered by the fact about the fact that the LGBT free zones are based on fake news. The EU is combating disinformation while permitting it at the same time. Yeah, uh-huh, sure. This MEP went on to claim that this quote-unquote false narrative has been strengthened by the MEPs from the Polish opposition and used by the EU as a form of psychological warfare against Poland. Oh my gosh. 
Just, oh my gosh, you feel so persecuted. It's amazing how the straights just feel so damn persecuted. Oh my gosh, the persecution complex these people have. And also, love to self-projection. Yeah, because I'm certain that you're not doing the LGBT free zones as a form of psychological warfare to try to force LGBT people back in the closet. Yeah, I'm certain that's not what you're doing at all. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. This is literally just self-projection. Anyway, so he went on to continue to say um, this message, the message based on falsehoods has been confirmed by polls in the European Parliament. No, 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 it hasn't. Um, this is partially a cynical move, but also an element of psychological warfare to so pardon her opponent. An undeclared war is waging within the European Parliament. Ah, yes, you know, Poland, you know, the EU has gone to war against Poland. They just hate Poland, you know. I don't know why, you know. They just unfairly hate Poland for just picking on us for no no reason, you know. Like, oh my gosh, I, I, I just, you know, we don't see a single reason why they would say anything against us. What have we done, you know, other than dehumanize people? You know, and and that's why, and you know, we're going to war because of that. They want to, you know, punish us for, you know, which for not doing. By the way, uh, for, for, yeah, here's the thing: for not going to war against the Poland, for not punishing Poland in any way. This is, just, yeah, it's just ridiculous. You know, then they just go on to bitch and and so helpfully point out that this is just symbolism. You know that. They can't actually, you know, enforce a LGBT um, freedom zone, you know, especially in Poland, which is just more proof that they actually do have LGBT free zones in Poland. And then they end, you know, with this just chilling quote that it should tell you everything about the Polish government's use of LGBT people. And I think is them basically just admitting, yeah, we got it. We're doing LGBT free zones. And what's she going to do about it, bitch? Okay, this is basically what this statement is. For a common sense man, the the LGBT freedom zone is a bunch of absurdities, an unimaginable violation of everything that is in the order of nature. Undermining it is taking the straight path to the end of our civilization. Yeah. So in other words, LGBT people existence is going to destroy our civilization. Yeah, uh-huh, sure. It, it, but please tell me again how you don't have LGBT free zones. Yeah, no. Okay, this is literally political talk for, yeah, we're doing it. What you going to do about it, bitch? That's literally what this statement is, okay? Like, I know politics. That's exactly what's going on here. Anyway, um, oops, nope, that wrong, wrong article. Um. Let's see. Yeah, so let's continue on in Europe. So let's talk about Spain. Um, This article comes from LGBTQ Nation. Spanish transgender people are launching a hunger strike until the left-wing socialist government recognizes their right to self-determination. So far, at least 70 activists have vowed to participate if the government doesn't introduce legislation into Parliament by next Wednesday. 
Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez's socialists are being accused of burying a draft bill from a minority coalition partner, the far left United We Can. The bill would allow trans people to self-identify without needing a doctor's diagnosis of gender dysphoria. Um, let's see. They are not going to put locks on freedom. Placing conditions on self-determination is just not self-determination. Mark Kimberly from Platforma Trans told ABC News. Yeah, okay, you can't claim that people had the right to self-determine if you're going to make them jump through hoops to self-determine. Like, it doesn't go both ways. You know, you can't have it both ways. You know, you either have the right to self-determine or you don't. The Spanish government doesn't want you to have that. But hey, also, you know, once you make it look like you do, so, you know, if we're going to claim you do, despite the fact you literally don't. Anywho, um... Yeah, Deputy Prime Minister Carmen Calvo, a socialist, has said that the move would undermine women's rights. There we go. There we go. Every transphobe's favorite argument these days, you know. Think of the women! Yeah, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Okay, answer me this. Okay, answer me this. All you transphobes listening. How are you supposed to defend women's rights if you're pushing for things that would discriminate against women? Because just saying, you know, considering that trans women are, in fact, women, how can you claim to be for women's rights if you're, you know, trying to discriminate against women? Like, doesn't make much sense. You know, um, make it make sense. It's basically what I'm saying, you know. Just make it make sense. You, you don't get to claim to be for women's rights if you want to discriminate against people who are women, you know. Like, yeah, you don't care about women's rights. If you did, you'd, you know, you'd be standing up for all women, but you clearly don't, you know. And that includes you, Carmen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, anyway, let's see. But that a bill to... Improved the protections of rights for LGBT people would be introduced into Parliament instead. In other words, yeah, no, you don't get the right to self-determine, but hey, maybe we'll do something else that's not going to actually have any impact whatsoever. That's literally what this means, yeah. No, you don't get to self-determine, but hey, we'll make some bill that doesn't do anything in all actuality. And hey, you're going to accept it because because uh, you're trans and we don't like you. So screw you. That, that's what this means. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, that's all from this article um, worth mentioning. So, yeah, um, that's going on in Spain. And let's get over to the States um, in Tennessee. This is from Pink News. Republican lawmakers in Tennessee have introduced a bill that would allow cisgender students to sue a school if they are quote-unquote forced to share school facilities with trans students. Oh, that's great. That's so wonderful. Um, Jason Zachary, a Republican, of course, congressman from Knoxville, introduced House Bill to 12... Um, to one, oh gosh, House Bill 1233 at the same time, Mike Ball, a Republican senator from Richieville, Rikeville, I have no idea, introduced its sister bill in the Senate, SB 1367. The bills would effectively allow students the ability to share, refuse 
gosh, I can't read, um, would effectively allow students the ability to refuse to share facilities such as bathrooms, locker rooms, and dorms with trans students. Isn't that beautiful? Just so beautiful. So gender students could then sue publicly funded schools that do not provide them with, quote unquote, reasonable accommodations. Basically, okay, yeah, this it, it beyond disgusting. This is they are just basically trying to force trans people back into the closet, and trying to force basically like what they are doing is opening not only discrimination towards trans people, but also ensuring you know bullying, um, and poor mental health and health problems. That's what they are doing. This, there's nothing reasonable about this. This is just plain bigotry. They want you to suffer. Do not forget that. They want you to suffer. Um, Zachary argued that his bill arose from school's confusion over handling bathroom access to students based on their gender identities. What? <laughs> he told the Tennessean that his bill would provide protection for all children and present a clear path forward for schools to follow. In other words, yeah, fuck trans people. That, that, that's what that means. And also, no, you, you are not providing protection for all children. This protects one group and one group only. Transphobic people. It, it, let's be honest, it's not usually even the children who are complaining about this stuff. It's usually the parents. So really what this is protecting is transphobic parents. That's who this is protecting. This is not protecting children at all. If you can't protect all children, then you're protecting none. Okay, that's how this works. Okay, because guess what? Trans kids are children too. I know that you don't believe that. I know that you view trans kids as subhuman scum. No, you're not protecting children whatsoever. Protecting trans kids would be allowing them to use the bathrooms, dorms, locker rooms, whatever the fuck um, that they identify with. That's how you would protect them. Because, you know, why? That would help cut down on bullying, harassment, you know, protect for health, both mentally and physically. Because guess what? There are serious consequences happening to trans kids when they're not allowed to use, you know, the facilities of her um, identity. Such a thing, such as urinary tract infections. Or, you know, they get bullied, they get harassed, which, you know, then they also feel like ever lesser than, which creates depression, including suicidal feelings and self-harm, especially self-harm. Yeah, you're not protecting kids at all, okay? Um, let's see. Zachary described how one high school reached out to him after dealing with a problem with boys using the girls' restroom. In other words, trans girls were using the girls' restroom. Okay, that, that that's what that means. And the people who run the school are fucking transphobes. He said that the school felt handcuffed and that there's not much they could do about it. No, that's, oh my gosh. Yeah, in other words, the school, they, they're transphobes. They don't like the fact that trans girls are using um, girls' bathrooms. And they don't know how they can, you know, they want to be able to legally discriminate against them because we're transphobes. That's literally what this means. This bill takes care of that, Zachary said. It stops all that and just provides absolute clarity. In other words, okay, what this is going to do, what, what they want to do is force trans girls to use men's lockers and dorms. They want to, trans men to use girls' 
facilities. That's what they want. And that's the other thing. They never, I mean, never, ever bring up trans men, ever, in any of these debates. So you want a boy to be in the girls' locker room. Because that's what trans boys are, for boys. You want you want your girls to see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, like in sports, you know, like you want, you want boys competing against girls because trans boys are boys. Yeah, no, they, they always stomp the girls in every competition. <laughs> like, they, they never bring up trans men. Why? Because, well, first off, I don't believe trans men are real, like, actually exist. But also because it doesn't fit into their narrative at all, does it? Hmm? Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, this this bill would literally force trans girls to use um, men's facilities and trans boys to use girls' facilities, and they don't care about children at all. It is just beyond disgusting. So yeah, this is what's going on in Tennessee, and let's finish our news segment with a just beyond disturbing story. Um, this is from California. <sighs> A California man who allegedly beat a transgender woman with his skateboard has been charged with a hate crime. Um, yeah, so 23-year-old Costa Mesa resident Johnny Santos Moreno appeared in court on the, the 11th of March. He was charged with felony counts of assault with a deadly weapon and threatening a witness along with a hate crime enhancement. Moreno is accused of yelling a homophobic slur at the transgender woman before striking her repeatedly with his skateboard, the Orange County District Attorney's Office said in a news release. The man was interrupted when someone driving past the scene saw what was happening and called the police. The court heard. Moreno was accused of, of using his skateboard to threaten the bystander um, for reporting the incident to authorities. <clears throat> The severity of the woman's injuries isn't known as further details of the crime have yet to be released to the public. However, in, inmate records show that on Friday afternoon, or that is March 12th, uh, Moreno remained in custody in the county jail. His bail has been set at 25000 <clears throat> No one should have to live in fear. Sorry, no one should have to live in the shadow of fear of if they will be targeted and physically attacked because of the way they dress, speak, behave, or who they love. Orange County District Attorney Todd Spitzer said in a statement to the East Bay Times, Our differences, whether the color of our skin, our sexuality, or our religion, should be the causes for the celebration of our diversity, not targets on our backs for haters to mock, deride, harass, and harm us. Those who engage in hate-filled, motivated crimes will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law here in Orange County, he added. Let's see. Um, The defendant was ordered to return to court on March 26th, but it is not clear from the court records whether he entered a plea. If convicted all counts, he could be sentenced up to eight years in prison. Good. You don't get to beat people with skateboards or anything. Just because we're born different. It's beyond despicable. Anyway, um, yeah, we're going to hear from our sponsors and we'll then be coming back for some more stuff. All right. So we are back. And so, yeah, for this segment, um, I'm going to talk about something that is something I definitely don't want to talk about. Um, I actually only just started telling 
um, my friends about this, you know, people who know me, whether it's online or mostly in real life. And uh, it's been hard. It has been hard to kind of come clean about and open about. But I recognize it's probably why I need to come out more about it, um, you know, because it is so hard. And that is, I have some serious body image issues. So, yeah, back when I was homeless, um, you know, that would have been, like, what, September 14th, I mean, September 4th through December 19th, I believe, so some, you know, basically three and a half months, um, I think it was exactly three and a half months, so yeah, um, I had lost a lot of weight, I am talking, like, about 30 pounds, so I, you know, I've always been kind of, so like, for me, I have always had this body type where it's kind of like skinny fat, you could say, like, you know, like, I'm not fat, you know, like, vertically, you know, um, you know, like, I've always had like a kind of a, a more skinny, like, waist and all that stuff, you know, um, never super skinny, but, you know, it was always more on that side, but my stomach always stuck out pretty wide, far, without me becoming, like, fat, you know, it's like, my stomach was big, but my, you know, like, you know, the other way that's not the stomach, you know, um, more vertically, I guess you could say, you know, like, the waist was, I guess, you know, um, was never that big, and so, <clears throat> Because of this great weight loss, my stomach ended up almost flat. Not completely, but almost. And I ended up even skinnier than I was, you know. Like, I have dropped a few pant sizes, let me tell you. I have definitely dropped a few pant sizes. Um, like, pretty much all the clothes I bought <clears throat> before ending up homeless or while early on in my homelessness, which was, like, most of the clothes I bought, you know, um, was during that time, the pants does not fit, like, at all anymore, <clears throat> and so, yeah, even with belts, they barely fit, like, I had to use a belt, and they still kind of, like, start drooping down, like, okay, like, I, like, yeah, it's, it, it's that bad, but, um, and so, yeah, you know, and because of this, you know, like, I'd always been pretty kind of self-conscious, you know, always kind of made an effort to kind of get in more shape. Um, but it's not something I ever really obsessed over, you know. Um, after this, I just ended up just, like, obsessing over it. Like, oh my gosh, my stomach is so small, I'm, like, really skinny now. And it's destroyed me um like for instance if i eat a bit more than i plan to like i will like i ever like I, sometimes you know i'll do either one or both where like i will do like an insane amount of exercise like i will like take a walk around my um apartment because I'm kind of too scared to go outside and take a walk um but you know i'll walk around my apartment you know until like I absolutely can't anymore and then you know sometimes you know or oftentimes you know I'll starve myself you know I'll skip a meal or two in a day you know or eat extremely limited amount like super small not enough to feed me you know and so yeah that's been pretty bad you know I'm 
constantly checking my stomach to see how big it is. Like always touching it, always looking at it, pulling up this shirt to look at it. It's gotten so unhealthy. It has gotten to the point that like I am just beyond obsessed with how, how big my stomach is or flat it is. And how skinny I still am, you know, making sure that, like, I can't fit back into those old pants. Like, it has become so unhealthy. Like, I am just straight up some days, like, just skipping meals, like, just because of the weight, you know, stuff like that. Like, it's so unhealthy, and I have been living in so much shame of it lately, especially the last few weeks. Like, something I always was kind of felt some shame for, but the last few weeks is just... It, it, it's become overwhelming to the point that, like, I feel super depressed over it. Like, if I eat a little bit more, you know, um, if I if I feel like my stomach grew, you know, even if it didn't in all reality, like, I will get beyond depressed. Um, and I want to make it clear, um, you know, and sometimes um, I get even... The, the idea of self-harming or get suicidal. I want to make it clear, I don't, 99% of the time, I don't get suicidal or self thoughts of self-harm over it. Like, I want to make that clear. 99% of the time, I don't deal with that. But it has gotten to that point. This has got to stop. I have got to stop this. I don't really know how, to be honest. Um, I was supposed to meet with my therapist on Monday. Uh, that's not happening anymore. Um, we won't be meeting for quite a while. Um, but it's just like seeing that we're not going to be seeing each other for quite a bit um, because of she has some family issues going on. Um, I've got to, like, I can't wait to just talk to her about this. Like, I've got to take action beforehand. And it's not sure what. I guess I, you know, I just kind of feel trapped. Trapped in this obsession with my weight. When I put together food, all I think about is how is this going to impact my weight? What is my stomach going to look like after this? The entire time while I'm preparing it, I'm sitting there touching my stomach. And it just reminds me, and I just sit there like, oh, maybe I not eat, eat this much, you know, or maybe I don't eat that, you know, like. It's gotten so unhealthy, it's to the point that, like, there are some days when I have to splurge, and I mean to splurge on the most unhealthy food imaginable just to get my calorie count up. And like for a day or two straight, I will just be eating thousands of calories because I because in the days between, I generally don't feed myself enough. Or I do feed myself enough and I just worked out so much that I pretty much negated eating so much. You know, eating enough, you know. <sighs> yeah, I, I've i got to do something. Once again, I honestly have no idea what. Next time I am my therapist, see, we'll see each other in a few weeks. 
It's like, I just can't wait for that. Like, I've got to take action now. This has got to end. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, so there you have it. A little secret I've been hiding last few months, especially the last few weeks. But yeah, so we're going to take a quick break. Um, and yeah, after that, we'll come back and, um, kind of chill out a little bit. So, yeah. Hey guys, this is Anna. So if you enjoy my content, whether it's my vlog or my videos, or maybe even both, hopefully, uh, feel free to support me on Patreon. The link is in the description below, though you can look me up on Patreon just, you know, by looking up Anna Hudak. And so if you do, we have three tiers, $3, $5, and $10. At $3, the main reward is getting the podcast early. At $5, you get several rewards, um, including some things that I, you, unfortunately, am not really able to fulfill on at the moment due to the fact I don't have internet at my place yet, um, which is uh, access to um, research papers. Um, I I. When I do have access to internet, I am always working on those. Right now, I've been lately working on one about trans youth and what the science says about them. But especially FI dollars, I think the most enticing reward is getting access to all my videos on YouTube early. And then on the $10 tier, you get one to two videos early. You can suggest videos and podcast topics, among other things. And so feel free, once again, the link will be in the description below to support me on Patreon. I also, you can also do one-time payments through Cash App, Venmo, and PayPal, if that's the route you would rather go. Anyway, thanks for listening. And for those who do choose to financially support, thank you especially. Hey guys, so we are back. Um, so yeah, it was a few hours ago when I recorded segment two. Um, a few things have happened since then. So by the time you hear it, everything will probably have been kind of taken care of for the most part. But so this morning, so it is, what, the 16th, I believe? Yeah, the 16th. Um, and so I, re so I applied for a job this morning at a local cleaning company. And they have called me back. Um, during, between recording segment two and three, um, they did a on-the-spot phone interview and I will be meeting with them on the 17th, which is, you know, as of recording tomorrow, but when you're listening to this probably yesterday, um, cause this episode is coming out the 18th, but, um, be meeting at a Burger King just about five minutes away to sign paperwork and everything, assuming, you know, that they... Don't double back on me and if I don't back out. And so, yeah, I may finally have a job. You know, I haven't worked since October. So I'm definitely very nervous and kind of scared about getting back into the workforce. But, yeah, I may have a job. So we'll, we'll see, you know. And um, we'll most likely, you know, from what he told me, um, probably be starting on the 18th. My first shift will probably be the 18th. Somewhere between 4 and 5 p.m. So, yeah, you know, definitely quite nervous, you know. Um, if you follow me on one of my social media, any of my social media sites, you'll probably find out pretty quick what happened. Um, if you only listen to my podcast, you will find out Monday. So, 
you know, and if you wait till Monday, you know, on Monday, you know, you'll get to hear everything that happened, you know, if I ended up not getting the job, you know, but like, we already did the interview, now it's just basically like, do they decide to back out at the last minute, or do I, you know, um, back out at the last minute, you know, it's really all it's kind of up to now, um, but yeah, so yeah, we're gonna, um, so yeah, you know, if I, assuming I do get, like, nobody backs out, um, Thursday will probably be our first day and you'll get to hear all about that on my next podcast. So yeah, fun stuff, fun, 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 fun stuff. Anyway, so yeah, I just wanted to kind of talk about that, you know, it's, uh, definitely kind of been keeping my, me, me, I'm definitely feeling a lot of nervousness, you know, so kind of wanted to just talk about that, you know, but yeah, let's, uh, continue on. What was it that I wanted to talk about because like i originally had a topic for this segment but now i forgot it let me look at my notes um that that, that definitely threw everything off oh yes 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 this okay so yeah here's what i really wanted to talk about in this segment so dad posed me a question um on sunday when i met with him and my mom you know i was i, I go to my parents house every sunday um and he asked me a question, which I actually did not answer at the time. Um, something happened, so I actually did not ever actually answer. Um, and that was, you know, if I could only choose one social media account, what would I choose? And so I am going to answer that today. Um, I definitely think it's a, it's definitely quite a fun little thought experiment. And so, yeah, you know, um, I got Instagram, um, I got Snapchat, I've got Tumblr, I got Pinterest, I got Twitter, and I got Facebook. You know, we're not going to count YouTube. Um, yes, is it technically social media? Yes. But let's be honest, you know, like, YouTube is just like a given. Like, everybody has a YouTube. Like, yeah, like, we're, we're going to leave that out of it, you know. So, basically, Instagram, Snapchat, Tumblr, Pinterest, Twitter, or Facebook. So I am kind of talk about each one, you know, why I like about each one, uh, what I don't like, and yeah, we'll come to a conclusion, you know, um, what will I choose? Um, so yeah, first here's Instagram, you know, I actually have two accounts for that, both my public account, you know, um, for like my blog and YouTube channel and, you know, all of that stuff. Um, then there's my personal one. Straight up, I would get rid of my business one. Um, you know, my public one. I don't use it super often, you know, like I I might do a post, you know, like every other month or so. And then like I do stories maybe about twice to three times a month, you know. Um, I definitely need to use it a bit more, but you know, not when I use super much. But a personal one, ooh, ooh, that'd be hard to get rid of. Um, I love it. I I love the culture of Instagram. It's just probably the most laid back. You know, like, yeah, it's just kind of like the most laid back. It's just kind of like chill, you know, and I really enjoy that, you know. I enjoy seeing, you know, all the stories that my friends post. You know, I I post quite a few stories, you know, a few times a week. I don't post too many, you know, actual posts, you know, too much. One every few months, maybe, you know, but I love the stories. Um, and it's really for me where all is at. You know, the stories, it's just chill, it's fun. You know, I talk to friends on there a lot, you know. So I enjoy Instagram. Like, that would be hard for me to give up, you know, my personal one. But then there's Snapchat. 
I also kind of, like, Snapchat is just kind of weird, you know, like, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't really know anyone who uses it that often, you know, like, pretty much everyone I know uses it maybe at most a few times a month. I kind of use it maybe about twice a month, you know, um, not something I use super often, um, but yeah, you know, so I, I could get rid of that one. I, I could, you know, um. How about, let's, let's see, what's the next one? Tumblr. That one would be hard to get rid of. Okay, I mean, it would be kind of hard to get rid of. Like, I enjoy it, you know. There's some people I kind of like interacting with on there, you know. I like kind of blogging on there every now and then. I like using it as an advertising space. Um, I really, the main thing I like it for is kind of keeping in touch with the LGBT community because the LGBT community is quite alive and thrives quite well on Tumblr. So I like really being involved in that community, but like push came to shove, you know, I probably could, I could get rid of it, you know, but I do enjoy it. You know, I really do like Tumblr. Um, I probably, you know. If I could only have one account, social media account, I could get rid of it. Tumblr, I mean, not Tumblr, we just did that. Pinterest, yeah, I could definitely get rid of it. Like, it, I, I, and, like it's nice every now and then, you know, when I need ideas for, like, clothing or, like, design ideas, especially for, like, greeting cards, you know, like, greeting card ideas and stuff like that, you know. Um... But yeah, it's honestly something I don't use all that much, you know, maybe every few months, you know, I might log on to it, you know, but I, I could get rid of it. Like I could, like I, like I, my life, I, I'm not really like, I could delete it right now and not really miss it that much. Um, Facebook. So I had the public account, which I could get rid of. Like it doesn't have much interaction, um, a whole lot of people interact. Now, I do enjoy the interactions I have had with people. Like, it's been some of the best interactions in my life. But I don't have enough, very many of those. And honestly, I just don't... Like, I kind of maybe post on something, like, every week. Maybe once or twice a week, you know? Like, I don't know. I get rid of that. Personal one, okay, I'm not going to lie. Getting rid of the personal Facebook account would be kind of hard. There are some friends that I am only friends with on Facebook, you know? And it's like the way that I interact with them. <sighs> yeah, that would be hard. That would be that. Hey, ooh, that 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 would be tough for me. Like, ooh, yeah. But honestly, really, the main reason is because like that's the main way I talk with a lot of friends. So, but yeah, you know, that's probably the main reason why I love that site so much. Twitter. Twitter is where I get pretty much all my news. It's where I get most of my interactions with, you know, when it comes to people, you know, and with my content. Like, that's where the majority of people who follow me or, you know, follow me on. Um, whenever something like a blog article or like a YouTube video does well, it's usually because of Twitter, you know, like... It's, like, super invaluable to my content. And even then, you know, like, I do have friends, you know, in real life friends who I am f friends with on t Twitter, you know. Um, I also enjoy using it as a great, like, you know, personal space, you know. It kind of also doubles as, like, a personal account, you know, in some ways. You know, like, I talk about, like, it's kind of on my mind and stuff like that. Like, I'm often more intimate on that than I am, like on Facebook or whatever, you know, um, but yeah, you know, it, it, oh gosh, like, 
And honestly, like Twitter is the one I just cannot get rid of. Like, yeah, is it toxic as hell? Yes, it's stupid toxic. It, it, heck, it makes me to- like I get toxic on it at times. Like, I'm not gonna pretend I'm some pure little angel on it. Like, believe me, I I can be pretty darn toxic on me. Twitter brings out the worst in me that no other social media site does. Like, it brings out the worst in me a lot. But like, I don't know. Like, it's so invaluable to my content. Um, the interactions I've had on, had on it are just beyond invaluable. Um, yeah, like some of my favorite moments on the internet are from there. Like so many of them. Like I just love that site. I love hanging out on there. You know, I've learned so much on it. You know, more than I have pretty much anywhere else. I just love Twitter. I could never get rid of that. Like that is the social media. If I could only ever have one, I would keep my Twitter. Um, it, don't get me wrong, it would be stupid hard to get rid of my Instagram, it would be stupid hard to get rid of my personal Facebook, like, ugh, it'd be hard, but it, at the end of the day, it's Twitter, like, Twitter is my favorite platform, it's the one I would keep. Anywho, so, we are going to end this program now, but we're actually going to end it with something different, we are going to start a new thing where I am going to try to remember to end every podcast with a good news story. You know, there's so much negativity in the world. Um, but honestly, I feel like we just need reminders that good things are going on. And so, yeah, I am going to make a concerted effort to end every episode with a good news story. And so almost every article you ever hear in the good news segment is going to be from Good News Network because, well, it's the main place to get good news. And so, yeah, today is no different. So this um, article is titled, This is what happened when a California town gave its struggling folks free money for a year. In an encouraging flip of the narrative, an experiment demonstrated that basic income recipients in a California city showed intelligence and ambition, not lethargy. A randomized, controlled trial in the city of Stockton is being viewed by sociologists as a good jumping-off point for further... Gosh, I can't spell, pronounce my THs. I really can't. Ever since I was a child, I couldn't. Um, anyway, good jumping-off point for further research into the um, effects of a no-strings-attached cash injection to alleviate the difficulties of living in the lower-income class. The project was called SEED, Stockton Economic Empowerment Demonstration, and it took place from February 2018 to February 2020. Distributing $500 every month for two years to 125 people living around or below the city's median household income resulted in the participants' acquisition of full-time jobs, climbing up to 200% above a control group of participants who did not receive income. The jump was still less than what is seen on traditional unemployment benefits. Vovos um, receiving the $500 were not unnecessarily unemployed. Unlike unemployment benefits, though, participants were not sold for reception of the money would hinge on their searching for a job. Instead, they received their money on a debit card and were told to spend on whatever they liked. The vast majority of the things that was um, was... Gosh, the vast majority of the spending was on things one might imagine it would go towards, such as food, utilities, rent, auto maintenance, and so on. Another significant finding was that allowed participants to a little more time in the day to enjoy life, spend time with their families, or to study potentially improve 
ah, sorry, I'm misreading today. I'm not reading well right now. Um, or study to imp- potentially improve her skill sets. The $500 spilled into her extended networks in material and immaterial ways that alleviated financial strain across finite fragile networks that generated more time for relationships, the offers wrote. One man had spent an entire year being eligible to receive a real estate license, but he had never actually had the time to begin the process. The $500 allowed him to take time off work to get a certificate and switch careers, resulting in a 360-degree turn around in his fortunes. Lastly, despite the fact that every participant spent 100% of her monthly $500 boost, 25% of the participants by trial's end had managed to cover the $400 cost of an unexpected expense, suggesting that rather than going on spending sprees or committing the money immediately to rent, at least some were able to extend a life into $500 and other sources of income much further, perhaps by saving more than normal, the most fundamentally important aspect of financial strength and growth. It's an encouraging sign that a randomized, placebo-controlled um, trial was able to find so many benefits. A basic income may be more be uh, a basic income may be a more flexible and effective alternative in other existing welfare programs that limit the scope of the handout to particular requirements and circumstances because it allows the individuals who maintain their own agency and manage their own affairs who are who as the economists of centuries past recognized are the only ones who can do so. So yeah, that, I think that is a pretty darn good story, you know, very encouraging. And so yeah, um, that's everything I've got for today. Uh, if you enjoy my content, you know, go in the description box below, support the podcast and YouTube channel via Venmo, PayPal, um, Cash App, and Patreon. You know, if you're watching on YouTube, comment, like, subscribe, share. Uh, you know, if you're just listening to podcasts, you know, share. You can email me questions or comments. On, at my email address, which you can find in the description. Um, and you can also send me voice messages to be heard on air. You know, you can find a link to that in the description or by finding my podcast on Anchor. Anyway, um, yeah, that's everything that I really have for you all today. So have a great day, everyone. Peace.